It's confidence. I don't uh, consider it cockiness. I feel like I was somewhat of an entertainer doing what I love to do. Prime time. Old school entertainer. I think Deion Sanders is the greatest athlete I've ever been around. Hey guys, welcome back to episode three of the Primetime Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be rolling through what the rest of the year looks like in terms of collections, original kit, and other plans. And I'll spend the second half of it answering some questions that were asked on the story a couple of weeks ago. I suppose the best place to start will be by announcing the next collection, which is Collection 21, um, and it'll be dropping on Wednesday, the 3rd of November. This is another collection that I'm pretty proud of. There's a ton of Lakers kit, ton of NBA stuff, um, and probably one of the nicest pieces that I've ever managed to find, um, which is an old Toronto Raptors champion t-shirt. It's also worth updating you guys on the track and field restock. I originally had the restock scheduled in for early October, so before collection 20, um, but unfortunately there were a ton of delays. The first was with FedEx. The shipment of t-shirts from Los Angeles Apparel came in two separate packages. The first was delivered probably a week after they arrived in Australia. The second got caught up in the Melbourne Airport Depot, which closed due to COVID and took another five weeks to get delivered. Once they were delivered, I took them down to the screen printers who let me know that they had a four-week delay at the time. The good news is that they are being printed at the moment, so I believe the navy blue ones are done and the white ones are going into printing on Monday. With any luck, I'll have them with me before the end of the week and then we can roll straight from Collection 21 into the restock of the track and field t-shirts. I'm pretty sure most people will be aware by now of the shipping delays with companies like FedEx and OzPost. If I'm being honest, it's probably been the most challenging couple of months that I've ever had running the business. On top of delays to the track and field restock, which has a domino effect onto the rest of the original kit that I was planning for the end of the year. Shipping times on the vintage stuff is pretty much doubled as well. This means that collection 20, which was the one that just went, was probably 30 pieces less than it usually would be. I have noticed over the past couple of weeks a ton more packages are arriving, so I'm hoping the worst of it is already behind us. It was a massive kick up the arse though, and it's kind of forced me to get a lot more organised for the rest of the year and beyond. I went pretty crazy after the last collection and probably ordered close to three months worth of stock in about a week. The majority of stuff for collection 21 is already here um, or on the way. December's collection, collection 22, is all ordered and on the way as well. And I'd say about 90% of January's kit has been ordered too. I like the idea of being a couple collections ahead just so that if there are any shipping delays, um, it's not that big of an issue. Um, and then also it just kind of means heading into 2022, the options there to, to drop more collections more often. On top of getting more organized with the vintage collections, I've made a real effort to get ahead of the game when it comes to the original kit. I always listen to podcasts with clothing brand owners who talk about how they plan six months to a year ahead. Obviously, I'm not planning anywhere near to the scale that they are, but I am looking ahead to as far as winter next year and starting to plan some hoodies. There are about 12 original kit items in the works at the moment. That obviously ranges from products being completely in production, getting made up as we speak, to just conceptual ideas that have been sent to designers to work on. I said it before, but I think original kit is something that I really want to focus on heading into next year. I think I've really started to put the pieces in place to make that happen. 
Obviously, Primetime will always be a vintage clothes brand, but I'd love to get to a spot where we're doing original kit drops just as often as vintage collections. I might get into the questions that I received on the Instagram stories from a couple of weeks ago. There are a ton that came through, but I'm going to pick out a handful to answer so that this episode's not too long. First one comes from John from the Sunday Sippers podcast. Just on a bit of a side note, I've always been a massive fan of what the Sunday Sipper boys are doing. So if you haven't already checked them out, definitely go and have a look at their Spotify or their Apple podcasts and give them a listen. His first question was any more plans for merch, which I feel like I've kind of answered at the start of this episode. But his second question was how do you scale? I guess this is something that I'm still trying to figure out at the moment with the next stage of the business and running original kit drops alongside vintage collections. I think if you look at what Primetime's done over the past kind of 18 months, there's obviously been a natural growth and a natural scaling that's taken place. The first collection I ever released was 25 items and the second was probably closer to 40, the third closer to 60 and I sort of built up the business to a point where I was releasing 100 piece collections for the past probably year or so. The same goes for original kit. I think the first ever piece I released was a hat that was limited to 25. The second was the basketball club t-shirt, which there were 100 made of. And then it kind of just grows out from there. I'm at the point now where I'm ordering a few hundred t-shirts at a time. And obviously doing a couple of different colorways of each t-shirt. Even with the stuff I'm designing now, there's more colorways coming and I'm sort of expanding out that way. One of the biggest mistakes that I see a ton of people who start out businesses similar to mine is that people emulate the final product instead of emulating the process. I think if I had started off prime time and looked at somebody who was already running a vintage page who did regular 100-piece drops and had their own original kit coming out and I tried to copy that, then I reckon I would have lost a fair bit of money and it would have been super hard to scale the business up. There's no sort of definite answer to how you scale and I'm not a business expert at all. But I think in my experiences, taking your time and not trying to bite off more than you can chew is probably the best advice on how to do it properly. I reckon that leads pretty well into the second question, which is from Taryn. She asks, how have you successfully grown your business so much in such a short time? There's so many different variables that go into the success of anything really. But I'll give you a couple that I reckon have been pretty crucial in the growth of prime time. I think the first and probably the most important one is just to have really good people around you and around the business. I'm quite fortunate in the fact that I have some amazingly talented friends who helped me out at the start and have met some really talented people along the way who have also helped me out. Being able to rely on people who are much more knowledgeable than me in certain aspects of the business has been a massive help. A lot of my closest friends also own businesses. And so whenever we go out for a coffee or get a feed, we're always talking about business or coming up with new ideas. And we've created this environment where without even realizing it, we're bouncing ideas off each other and figuring out ways to do things better. It sounds really corny, but I'm a big believer in the idea that you're a product of whoever you surround yourself with. I think the second reason why the business has grown so successfully in such a short time is just my confidence to back myself when it comes to making some pretty hard decisions. I think when I first started the business, I was shit scared of making wrong choices and stuffing up or wasting money in certain ways. As the business grows, like I talked about earlier, you gain more confidence in your decision-making abilities 
and get a real understanding of what works and what doesn't work. I know that sounds really vague, so I'll give an example. As I talked about, I love getting feedback from friends and bouncing ideas off them. So whenever I come up for a new concept for original kit or a new design, I send it through to a handful of people to get their feedback on it. I reckon on every single piece that I've ever designed, I've had at least one friend come back and say that they absolutely hate it. Obviously, I value all my friends' opinions, which is why I send them stuff in the first place. I think being able to take that feedback on board and have the confidence to back yourself regardless is a trait that most successful business people have. I reckon this is a topic that I could spend a full podcast speaking about because there are so many different things that have gone into making Primetime a successful business. The next question is from ECM Builders who ask, do you work full-time outside of Primetime? If yes, is it hard to juggle the two? So I think I've talked about it a little bit on the page before, but I work as a marketing manager uh, full-time, 38 hours a week, as well as running Primetime. For the first 12 months or so, I was running Primetime full-time in quotation marks because I was probably working a, a casual schedule, but I didn't have another job. I was just living off of what I was making from the business. I didn't want to move down to Melbourne without the security of a, a full-time income. So when the opportunity came up for me to move down and work a job as a marketing manager, I took it with both hands. Believe it or not, I find it a lot easier to juggle running prime time as well as having a full-time job than just running prime time by itself. I'm one of those people that work really well to a schedule and if I have too much free time, then I tend to procrastinate a fair bit. There are some pretty challenging times where I finished work pretty late and come home and there's more work that needs to be done with prime time. I think most people know that I'm pretty passionate about the business and a lot of the tasks that are involved with running a business, I actually quite enjoy. And so a lot of it doesn't really feel like hard work. I normally take about a week off after a collection drop as well, just to refresh the batteries a little bit and give myself a bit of a break. I reckon that's going to wrap up today's episode. I did have a ton more questions on the story, so I apologize if I didn't get to yours. I love doing Q&As and I reckon it's a pretty solid way of giving you guys a behind the scenes look at what's going on in the business and I guess educating you guys more on my mindset behind a lot of things. So I'll definitely be doing a few more in the future. I think the plan for the next episode of the podcast is to get a guest alongside me. So let me know who you'd like to hear from. If you made it this far into the podcast, thank you so much. I appreciate you listening and I hope you're as excited as I am for the next couple of months. 